white people feel guilty, uh, uh, black people feel embarrassed mm. of our history. Say that again, man. White people feel guilty, black people feel embarrassed right. of our history. Right. And what we are not and will never be is embarrassed yeah. of our history. Yeah. And no matter if someone is or they feel guilty, that's not right. that ain't my concern. You are now tuned in to a Power Podcast Network production. All right, and we're back. Welcome back to the Keep the Money on the Four uh, podcast. This is episode seven. I am your host, as is Lex Bibbs. Man, today I'm excited because I am joined with someone um, that I've been following uh, his grind, their enterprise, their hustle for a very long time, ever since my freshman year at Johnson C. Smith. I want to welcome to the podcast one half of the No Grease Barbershop Enterprise, Brother Damien. How you doing, man? Man, good to be here, man. Keep it on the Ford, man. Keep yes, the sir. money on the Ford. Keep the money on, and we are on the Ford right now, yes, live on sir. location yes, from uh, the Mosaic Village yeah. uh, location, man. Talk about that real quick, man. Like, how long have you guys been here at this location? So we've been here at uh, No Grease Mosaic since uh, 2013, so it's been seven years. Uh, but, you know, we started on the Ford, man, back in 1991. 91. So talk about that. That's around when you came to Johnson C. Smith, yeah, right? Yeah, I came to Johnson C. Smith in 1991 uh, from Buffalo, New York. And, uh, you know, I was cutting hair at Liston Hall. So that was my first location right. uh, on the Ford, man. So I, I, I've been on the Ford for a long time. You have been. So how'd you hear about Smith? Let's take a step back. How'd you hear about Smith all the way in Buffalo, man? Well, one of my, my English teacher uh, had went to Livingstone College and he had talked about Livingstone. He talked about John C. Smith and, uh, you know, a couple of other black colleges. So, you know, I looked into John C. Smith simply because the, it had the name Johnson and my last name was Johnson. So Word. I thought it was uh, I thought it was lining up with my, my, my mission in life. For sure. For yeah. sure. Yeah. Now you guys uh, I did a little research, man. You got your start because mom, yeah. you, you guys are second generation yeah. barbers. Mom was a beautician. Salon owner, so you saw that hustle, you saw her grind. Like, talk about that. Absolutely, man. My mom uh, was a, a, a stylist uh, from the kitchen to the salon. We watched that whole grind. You know, early on, she she really uh, pushed us cutting hair at 11, 12 years old. So we was cutting hair, we was cutting each other's hair, and then we just took off from there. We really just found a niche and, and, and a passion for the art of uh, cutting hair. Now be honest, man, if your brother messed your lineup, would you mess his lineup? Like, how would that work? Man? Nah, man, the, the, <laughs> we was always competing. So if one of us had a bad haircut, you know, he was gonna, he was gonna get, that, for know, sure. get that work. Yeah. For sure, I think that's every like young man's like dream. Like you look in the mirror, you wanna tighten yourself yeah, up, man. man. Yeah, yeah. But that's super dope. So you said about 11 or 12? Yeah, yeah, we was 11, 12 years old, man, cutting each other's hair. So never was the thought to like, you know what, I'm just gonna, just get the trade and just go straight into it. Like you said, I want to go to college. Yeah. What'd you major in at Smith? So I was a marketing major at okay. Smith. My brother was a uh, graphic arts. He had a full scholarship to go to college. Okay. And we really, man, we, we, we knew we wanted to do business. Yeah. But, you know, education was being pushed real hard, go to college. And we were the first, you know, to go to college in our family. So right. that was another uh you know, goal of ours to be, you know, first time graduates of the family. Right. So that's that's why we really went to college. So no Greece, the story of it. I'm, I want you to paint this picture. Like, where did it come from? Was it like, you know what? I got to college like, oh, bro, you got to come down here. Charlotte is it like talk us through that. So we was in when we was in school, uh, both of us in college, we talked about, OK, after we finished college, Let's let's go into business. Let's open up a barbershop because, mind you, my mom had already owned a salon. Yeah. And we helped her out. We were we would cut at our salon. We were you know, painting. We was doing plumbing. We was you know so we had that 
yeah. background for helping her grow her business. So we always knew we would we would do a a business. Yep. Uh, when I started, when I got in college, though, I started really looking at it from another perspective uh, with the marketing major. Then I did my thesis on uh, strategic marketing in the barber industry. Mm -hmm. So now we start looking at it from a, a different lens. Yep. You know, not just the the hood barbershop, not right. just the you know the corner barbershop. We start looking at how we can really grow the business. Yep. And then we just start, I wrote my business plan. My brother was in Buffalo. He did two years of college and decided that he didn't want to do any more college. Right. And so he was in the actual field and he was making money. I'm like, yo, I'm in, I'm still in, I'm still broke. Right. I was cutting hair on campus. He was campus. up top. He was still up. Yeah. Right. Yeah. He was up. He stayed in, he, when he finished school, he went on to Buffalo and just went all in and, yeah. and cutting hair. And, uh, you know, we just started putting a plan together, man. And then I worked at a, a shop here in Charlotte, Gordon's Barbershop on Central Avenue. Mm -hmm. And I started to say, yo man, it's a real opportunity down here in Charlotte for yeah. us. And uh, once I finish school, we should really think about starting here in Charlotte. So the first No Grease was launched in what year? 1997. 97? Yeah. And what location was that? It was on uh, Sharon Amity, right across from Eastland Mall at the time. Sharon, yeah. Shout out to Eastland Mall. Yeah, shout no out to Eastland Mall, bro. Yeah. So, man, like, you guys, uh, you know, in, in the intro, I use Enterprise because, like, if I'm not mistaken, my freshman, sophomore year, did you have a, uh, a No Grease on Central Ave? Uh, yeah, Around yeah, that yeah, area? yeah, yeah. That's, so that was my yeah. introduction yeah. because the bus used to take us through there and yep. I saw the name like No Grease. I thought that was a unique name yeah. for yeah. a barbershop. I yeah. know there's a story behind the yeah. term No Grease or the logo and all that stuff. Yeah. How so, did that come about? So it was good, man. No Grease, you know, growing up in the 80s, you know, cats was wearing a lot of wave grease, getting jerry curls and mm -hmm. stuff like that. And so when you would cut their hair, man, you were like, you would, you would hate the grease in their hair. Like, yeah. yo, man, don't come in your shop with, don't come in the shop with grease in your hair. Yeah. No grease up. in your hair. It's going to mess the clippers up. Yeah. And so we, me and my brother had got popular always saying no grease, no grease. And it yeah. just was so catchy. And we knew that, you know, people who, especially people who, people of, of ethnic background would right. understand that no grease in your hair. mean, yo, don't, don't come in there with your, any grease in your hair. Right. At least get your hair shampooed right. before a haircut. And then the logo came because my brother was uh, studying uh, uh, African-American studies in, in theater. Yeah. And so he studied the minstrel show. And the, he, he really studied, you know, that black face, that whole, yeah. that whole concept behind putting this black grease on your face. Yep. And uh, so we, we, he, when we said, okay, that was a black grease they were wearing. And yeah. so we, we already had the name No Grease. Mm -hmm. And so we thought from my marketing uh, background, yo, we can hit them in the, hit them in the head yeah. with a two-fold message. Yeah, you, you guys uh, were met with some resistance about eight years ago when uh, the yeah. uh, DNC was around. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Fast forward time, now we're hosting today. Yeah. Uh, the RNC. Yeah. But uh, I remember because uh, you guys have the shop uh, at the Hornets Arena. Yep. And obviously foot traffic in that area. Yep. And it was all over the news, man. Talk about that. It's amazing, man, because <clears throat> we had been in business, you know, up well over 10 years before we got at the arena. Yep. We had our logo and people face all the time in our community. Yes. You know, no one never said anything. You said it, our community. Yeah, in our community, yeah. we were good. You know right. what I'm saying? Uh, when we got on what you call the main street or, you know, you know, you know, where the larger community was at, you know, there was a problem. Right. And it's funny, man, because we had a problem with us. We didn't have a problem with uh, white people. The problem that we had was with a, a black tourist 
who were touring white people around Charlotte. Mm -hmm. And I guess he felt somewhat uh, uh, embarrassed or, or however he wanted to feel about the logo. Yeah. And he didn't really know us and he didn't know our background. And so we ended up sitting in front of the city and, and talking to some of the, the leaders here and yeah. telling our story. And really, man, he was just a coward and he didn't understand black history and the boldness of what our, our mission right. and our message was. Right. Now, when sometimes when when industries or, or, or businesses see a did you see a spike from that controversy in your business with more awareness? I mean, obviously, yeah. I feel like the black community knows about the yeah. Greece and what you guys were already doing. I mean, you got a shop at the arena. That's right. dope. You know right. what I mean? Right. But like, did you see a spike during that time? Definitely a spike, man. Probably a spike from the other folks. You know, Absolutely. It, was, it was they I think we had had set a platform that uh you know people that was not familiar with our yeah. our, our our business and they start really being interested right. in in no grease and uh we thought that was pretty interesting right and they then. wanted y'all to change the logo in fact, yeah right? yeah so when the dnc had came here the first time yeah with obama in office they wanted us to uh change our logo and we said no you know even though you know we probably would have had the lawyer up and do some yeah. things like that but it didn't make sense what they were talking about you know yeah. it, they never really had any real substance of why they wanted us to change our logo yeah you know so they just it didn't work dope because the, the symbolism has been in our history for a while and yeah. we turn to turn what culturally looks at as a negative into yeah. a positive yeah yeah i i think uh white people feel guilty uh uh black people feel embarrassed mm. of our history say that again man That's white people feel guilty and black people feel embarrassed right. of our history right. and what we are not and will never be as embarrassed yeah. of our history. Yeah. And no matter if someone is or they feel guilty, that's not right. that my concern. Right. I think the more we know about ourselves, the better decisions we can make. You know, it's interesting. I just had this thought of like, you know, obviously when Jay-Z, uh his album 444 and he uh, used the story of OJ. Uh, it's that same symbolism yeah, and same it was symbolism. met with a lot of resistance. And he's like, man, like you, like you, this yeah. was all over TV back yeah. in the day. You yeah. mad at me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? When it was for your entertainment, it exactly. was all good. Now that we have some knowledge of of that history and, right. and some awareness, I think that's where the fear comes in. For sure, for sure. Yeah, man. Um, let's take a step back. So, No Grease Twenty Twenty is everywhere. It's in mm -hmm. the malls. It's in Georgia. Mm -hmm. In the nineties, did you guys picture what it is now? Then, yeah. So I would was say that always sorry, was that always the vision, the multi-site, you know what I mean? Because yeah. most barbershops you might get one or two on this side of town. But yeah. you guys are like multi-site schools, mm -hmm. different states. Mm -hmm. Talk about that. So I think that was so me and my brother, we had different ideals of what no grease would be. Yeah. You know, he's more on the art side. Right. And I was more on the business side. And I always saw it, you know, as being you know, I didn't know, I never understood why we didn't have a, a franchise, a national franchise brand barbershop. When we know in our community, the barbershop is one of the most popular places, Absolutely. is one of the most successful businesses, and it is supported 100% by us. And I never understood why we didn't create a model yeah. that, you know, that really scaled. Yeah. And so for my studies, man, yeah, when we opened, that was always my thought. It wasn't always, I wasn't always sure if we was going to get there, yeah. but it was always my thought. Man, that's dope. Um, what, what shop means the most to you? It's funny, man. I'm glad we met here at Mosaic. I yeah. was just reading another article that we did on Mosaic, and Mosaic means the most because uh, it, it, it brought me full circle. 
you know, uh, coming back to Babies for a Road, coming back to John C. Smith yeah. is where it all where I was being nurtured at. Yeah. And uh, so this location is to me will be the pillar yeah. of my career. Let's let's pivot a little bit, man. Talk about this area and talk about when I mean, you this is 2020, obviously, but yeah. you've been around since the 90s. I mean, man. this area is changing. I mean, the word gentrification is oh real God. around here. Talk about which. What you've seen with your own eyes over Man, these years around this area. It's crazy because for, before I knew what gentrification was, you know, to, to live it. Because and, and, I think the difference between Buffalo and Charlotte was Charlotte is actually a growing city. Right. Unfortunately, Buffalo was a very stagnant, complacent yep. city. So to be somewhere and you see it actually happening before your eyes. Yeah. Got imagine in '91 I was 18 years old, 18, 19 years old, and Babies for a Row was not the Babies for a Row. I mean, there was a lot of prostitution going on. It was a lot of you know a lot of gunplay was going on. I yeah. mean, we had a shootout my freshman year at, at John C. Smith on at, at Liston Hall on the campus that made it to CNN. Yeah. Oh wait. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. We we'll yeah, have to yeah. look that article. Yeah, look that up. And uh, so Babies for a Row wasn't Babies for a Row. Right. I mean, we would walk down here to the to the parking shop and all that kind of stuff and, and, and be here at what, five points and kind of just yeah. be in this community. But it was, it was, you know, keep your head on a swivel type of atmosphere. Right. Uh, so to see it, you know, slowly but surely become this, this major uh, real estate opportunity for, yeah. for anyone that's in Charlotte has been amazing, bro. It, 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 is a, it is an amazing thing to see what happened and what we don't understand is a short period of time you know 20 30 years is a really sure. a, a short period of time. yeah we were having a conversation offline and talking about just like when i came to charlotte like there was no epicenter wasn't that many skyscrapers but you just come down to ford now and you just can't help but look left and right especially when you go in these side streets and yeah. you see these 800 900 million dollar homes it's crazy and you're like man if i had the foresight back oh, then man. that was that's one of the biggest things that me and my brother talk about is the missed opportunity to uh, to really just buy up the property, real estate. Because when I was when I was uh you know when I graduated, I bought my first home in ninety seven, and uh, was it ninety seven? Yeah, ninety seven, and uh, probably before it had to be before because we opened up No Grease, so it had to be like ninety six. Yeah, and uh, we opened up. Uh, we bought all the way on the other side of town. You know, we bought on the east side. When we put it, could have bought maybe two or three houses for the same right. price. But isn't that almost like a, a mantra that we live by? We get out of the hood. Yeah. You yeah. know what I'm saying? And, yeah. it, and almost like it backfires on our thinking because like our way sometimes of making is like, yo, I got to move to the suburbs. Yeah. I'm getting away from us. Yeah. You know what I mean? We For um, whatever reason. When, uh, for, for whatever reason, we don't see the value in our communities yeah. and in our businesses and our families. And we have this thing that we have to get out. Right. We have to get away. Right. And that's something that not just in Charlotte, it's all over the country. Yep. And so we have to we have to kind of change that way of thinking, man. We educate ourselves on buying property in our communities, opening up businesses in our communities, supporting one another. Other cultures see the importance. You know, that's why you see a, a Chinese restaurant, yeah. a nail shop, or oh, yeah. whatever the case may be, man. One of my favorite rappers, Dom Kennedy, he has a lyric that says, if you're scared of your own people, you're scared of yourself. Oh, uh, man, you can't, you, can't build, you can't build a business, uh, to me, unless you have the support of your own. Speaking of, man, Again, we're right here on Betty's Ford Road. The school is less than a mile. You know, you're here next to Mosaic Village. Do you see a lot of the JCSU student body come through here and get cut up? Yeah, we get a lot of love from Smith, man. We've always gotten love from the uh, from the staff, from the yeah. students, 
uh, from the alumni. We've always gotten a lot of love here, man. We like, and I'm going back to that 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 foundation. That yeah. support is what has kept us, you know, uh, able to grow and build. What was your time like at Smith? Like, what were you involved in as a student there on campus? Man, I had a great time at Smith. Uh, I had pledged Alpha Phi Alpha in 1992, mm -hmm. fall '92. You know, I was part of the, all the clubs and. I was a part of modeling troupe. I was, I was bugging yeah, yeah, yeah. on. Yeah, we, we did it all. We threw the parties, you know, I was debate clubs, uh, anything that was, you know, available at Smith, I was a part of, man. Yeah, I really man, had a that, great time. That experience, I'm sure, like, shaped you. Oh, you know what I mean? When you oh, go man. back home, people don't even recognize you. You're like, man, man you players, you're doing this, you're man, doing that. Who are you, man? I was, I was definitely born in Buffalo, but I became a man here in Charlotte. Right. And John C. Smith had, had everything to do with that. So we're still living in it. COVID-19. Yes, sir. So COVID happens top of March, mid-March. How did that affect the No Grease enterprise? It was amazing, man. First of all, being in, in, in the barber industry for 30 years, we've never been affected by anything. Mm -hmm. Like recessions, you know, terrible presidents, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> uh, flu season. Yeah. Nothing has ever shut us down. Yeah. So to be shut down, man, was like it was like unbelievable, man. Uh, what we was able to do really, man, was kind of recalibrate, sit down, readjust, and talk to our barbers, talk to the staff, and really educate ourselves on, on the COVID, and then educate ourselves on what steps we could take right. moving forward. So we took that time really just to educate ourselves and prepare ourselves. And once the board, once things open back up, yeah. we haven't looked back. Because I know like, you know, some of my COVID cuts have been like house calls and right, stuff like right, that. Right. Like y'all didn't do anything like that. Right. right now, some of the barbers may have done some things. They yeah. didn't tell us about it, but for sure. uh, uh, we just kind of sat still, man. We, um, for, fortunately for us, we was in a position to try to help our barbers get some of the resources that was available. Yeah. So a lot of our barbers did receive resources. That's great, man. So uh, that was a, a huge uh, play for us because we know a lot, of, a lot of businesses, not just barber businesses, yeah. just didn't get resources. So me and my boys, man, you know how the group chats are. We talk all the time. We was like, man, barbers are essential, man. When we come back, the price going up. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah, did yeah, you yeah. guys think about that? Like, you know what, man, we might can increase our prices because of, like house calls were like a hundred bucks. And they're like, yeah. you used to charge 30 bucks for a cut, now right. you're charging a hundred. Well, I can say this, we are, you know, when we move towards the new years, you yeah. know, we're gonna let people kind of you know, get their feet under them. Right. But uh, New Year's, you can almost definitely expect 2021, uh, yeah, price yeah, going, 2021 up. going up. Absolutely. Yeah. Man, I want to I wanna have a, a quick, like, little bug out conversation. So we went from very simple haircuts in the 90s, right? right? right you right, know right, what I'm saying? Right, you right. either get a number one, yeah, number yeah, two, yeah, a yeah, fade, yeah. a bald, yeah. or whatever. Man, you got all type of haircuts, it man. Is, man. Like, been... So talk through that, man. Like, what's your favorite thing to cut right now? What's your least favorite haircut right. that somebody come in with? So it's a, the evolution of haircuts, man, has been amazing. Because yeah. uh, like you said, man, it used to be a <clears throat> one against the grain, maybe a two. Uh, <laughs> now it's, 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 it's anything you can imagine. Right. And as an artist, man, it, it's actually fun, you know, because we're looking at, we look at the canvas, you know, we look at hair more like a, a, a piece of art, right. a canvas. So when we think creatively, you know, we get to think outside the box and to see uh, black men, especially being so creative and so free with their hair, yep. it's been a joy to uh, see it all evolve, man. So yeah. it's not no one. I love, I love everything that's happening right now in the hair industry. Yeah, for sure, man. I um, I got a little bit of hair. I cut my hair down just because COVID and I just right. all this stuff, man. But you know, 
there used to be a time where like if you, I work in a nonprofit sector and I work at a school so mm. you know grooming is everything my dad told me you go to the barbershop every week mm. and so I love that I can grow my hair out have it the way I want whether it's a fade or whether it's yep. a sunrise or whatever yep. the, the terminology is but I used to be so conscious of I gotta have a, a low fade yeah. in this environment to appease these yeah, people yeah, yeah, yeah. talk about that man just yeah. about expressing yourself like you said it's, you look at it as a canvas but yeah. in our minds it's yeah. like man I gotta appease this crowd over here I can't do these things I, I can't wear braids I can't grow locks right, right. stuff like that I mean so historically man understanding uh, you know where we come from as a people when it comes to our uh, hygiene and let's more specifically our hair you know you gotta remember man we were, we were slaves enslaved people here mm. and so we were you know we were the least of everything yeah so it was a time when you know the slave just could not keep him keep himself you know adequate for hygiene and so uh, one of the things with his hair man his hair because he wasn't keeping it up you know it causes all types of uh you know issues health wise right and so when people talk about uh uh dreadlocks like yeah. that that dreadlock is a is a word that means dreadful locks mm -hmm. you know and that's what the uh people uh, uh whites would say look at his dreadful locks and then it just became dreadlocks you drop some knowledge, so man. uh that's why we never say dreadlocks we say locks, locks. stuff like that uh because dread it actually has come from the word dreadful locks and it was because we were unable to uh, maintain our hair so once we got that opportunity to keep ourselves up you know every sunday because the slaves uh the barbers couldn't cut the slaves hair until sunday because most barbers were barbers uh monday through friday monday through saturday and they right. were cutting mainly white people hair right. so we would get our hair cut mainly on sundays and you know that was a ritual because we had free time to be around each other you know congregate and yep. really just build with one another and it just started to transcend as part of our culture moving forward. Man, you just dropped some knowledge right there, man. Yeah. Speaking of knowledge, uh, part of the enterprise is a school. Yeah. How did that come about? Talk about that. The school was a, it was something that we stumbled on, man. We really wasn't trying to do a school because that, that work that we knew that it would yeah. take. Uh, but going back to, you know, the vision of No Grease was to open up multiple shops and we had to have a place where we can farm, yeah. you know, potential barbers to work with. and. So we just had to do it. It was we tried to work with other schools. They were a little different from what we wanted in a barber. So we say, you know, we gotta do it ourselves. For sure. So we've been we've been a, a barber school for 17 years. So how long is the program? So like, if I'm fresh out of high school, I'm like, you know what, the college is not my right. thing. You right. know what I mean? Like, so the program is a 10 month program. Uh, it's 1528 hours that's required uh, by the state of North Carolina. You know, they can go part time. It probably take about 18 months. But usually we can get you out, you know, within that year. Is the school still off Wilkinson? The school is off Wilkinson right now. We'll probably be moving it okay. real soon. We just purchased our original location on uh, Sharon Amity uh, two years ago. Nice. So we, we're probably going to move the school over there. Now, I read on your website, you can franchise at No Grease. Yeah. Um, so me, Lex Bibbs. If I say, you know what, man, I'm moving back to Silver Spring, Maryland. Absolutely. I can franchise a no grease Absolutely. in the local mall there. Yep. What's I'm, that process like, man? So the process, man, is like any other franchise business. Uh, we have a system of how we do things. Uh, if you buy a McDonald's, a Subway, a Wendy's, a Chick-fil-A, they have a way that they do things. Yeah. And you're buying into that, that brand, that name, that system, and that structure. And so if you like what no grease is doing and you want to take it to, to mm -hmm. D.C. or 
to, to Maryland, you know, you're taking that system, that brand there. Yeah. Uh, the average franchise fee, our fa franchise fee is $25,000, then, then it's more uh, expenses for the build -out. Absolutely. That's so that, dope. That's, that's it. Um, the Georgia one, mm -hmm. how did that idea come oh, about? Man. We used to go up and down to Georgia for the Freaknik and go down there for... <laughs> the good old days. Uh, yeah, the good old days. And we used to go down there for hair shows. Yeah. So we always had, you know, uh, aspirations of doing right. something in Georgia. Right. So when the opportunity presented itself, man, we went... It's in Lawrenceville? We're in Lawrenceville, man. How far is that from Metro Atlanta? 30 minutes. 30 minutes. Uh, we're right outside of Buckhead. Uh, when we're there, uh, actually, I'll be going down there tomorrow. Uh, you know, it's, it's Georgia, man. It, it, yeah. It's Georgia. We've been down there four years now. It's doing really well. Uh, is that the newest location? Is that the newest? Uh, that's the that's the that's the last corporate location. You know, our newest location is North Lake Mall. North Lake Mall. So we have we have four locations that's owned by us, the corporate, yeah. and then we have three franchisees. Okay, man, I'm not gonna lie, man. Uh, when I saw y'all put one at Concord Mills, I was like, these dudes serious. Oh yeah. And I was like, you know, the the thing that came to my mind and my little business mind, I'm like, man, this is a tourist mall. Right. Exactly. You know what I mean? That it makes oh, so gosh. much sense, man. So. Man, that changed the game. Yeah. Uh, Concord had changed the game uh, because it it, it it exposed us to a whole nother clientele and, and, and we were able to kind of really move in a different lane. So yeah. uh, Concord, like you said, was a number, it's like one of the number one tourist uh, places yeah. in North Carolina. Yeah. And so we were exposed to just so many uh, opportunities. A few more questions, man, before I let you go. Um, I gotta ask this. like. So many of us, right, we, we living in a time of black economics, recycling the black dollar. Like, what mm. would you tell that young brother or that young sister in college coming out of high school about starting that business, believing in themselves and, mm. and not listening to, I shouldn't do this? What would you tell that person? I mean, we all been put here for some unique purpose, man. And if, you're, if your goal is to go into business, uh, I can tell you this, our community needs it. Yeah. Not only do our community need it, but America needs it. America needs something new, something different, yeah. and uh, we have that. We is we we've been birthed with that. You know, you just gotta be willing to put the work in, and there will be some work. It will be some work, man. I mean, I just think you know, a lot of times, you know, we get discouraged because we want our friends, mm -hmm. our family to support us, but that's not the all the way the right way of looking at it. We need right. to find strangers to right. support us. Right. You know what right. I'm saying? Because right. what I run into in my business of selling merch and stuff like that, people want it for free. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. You yeah. gotta tell people no that you yeah. love. Like I can't give you this for oh, free. Yeah. This yeah. service, this this shirt or whatever. Yeah. Um Urbanpreneurship mm. Consulting Agency. Right. What is that? So we wanted to really uh you know transfer some of the, the, the experiences and knowledge that we've had over the last twenty some years with with future yeah. urban urbanpreneurs and we, we use that word urbanpreneurs we combine those two words because a urbanpreneur is someone who uniquely comes from the background of 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 city inner city you know black life you yeah. know and and we want them to know how special and unique that perspective is so you bring someone who's an entrepreneur and comes from an urban background you get an urbanpreneur man that's dope um Two questions left. Mm -hmm. You good. Today is August the 24th, mm -hmm. what the sports world has deemed as Mamba Day. Mm -hmm. Obviously, wow. it's untimely demise, Kobe Bryant, man. 
what does his legacy mean to you as a sports fan, as a dreamer, as a, as a grinder, man? Yeah, Kobe, man, was a special dude. It's funny because I, I, I came from the Jordan era. Yeah. So when you start, when Kobe was coming up, you're like, eh, he can't take uh, right. Mike's place. But to see him evolve into this, this, this man, man, it was an amazing thing. Because, you know, I never, I really, I wasn't rooting for him, but I really respected his work ethic, yeah. the things that he did, how he evolved, how whatever missteps he made, he corrected. Yeah. It was just really the perfect example being portrayed in front of us right. of how a, a young man can become a man. Absolutely. Um, yeah, man, it, it's, it's hard just to even look on the feeds and ah. to look at everybody post, but it's also dope and inspiring because you pull a thread from, from everything. It's man. still unbelievable, man, that he's not It here. is. It really yeah. is. Um, last question. Man, what celebrities have you cut, you know what I'm saying, that you like, you know what, that was dope to cut this guy right. or this person or something like that? It's all of them, man. I think uh, Nas was dope. Nas? Yeah, Nas was dope. And, you know, some of these, most of these guys came to Charlotte. Uh, Nas was dope. Uh, Floyd, Floyd Mayweather, okay. he was dope. Uh, Dave Chappelle, that was dope. Uh, you know, I think for me, mine, my greatest ones were not so many celebrities. It was, it was regular people, man, who really just, you know, when I compared, you know, just regular stand-up dudes to some of the celebrities that I dealt with, I right. man, I've cut a lot of great people that just never been recognized. Yeah, I mean, you need to cut me, man. Yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah, exactly. Yeah, you know, I mean. I've I'm learned, when so, I look at greatness, man, <laughs> it's walking around us for all sure, the time. For sure, for sure. You know, and when I typed the question up, I was like, I hate to use the term celebrity. Or yeah, but figure, I get it, but, I get it. you know, uh, yeah. I heard a barber tell me once, man, like, you just as important as oh, that NBA player, honestly. Man, listen, when you've sat down with so-called celebrities and you have discussions with them, you're like, damn, I, I know some great dudes that, man, give you a run for your money. But it's, it's, it's all good. They, they, yeah. they are taking full advantage of their opportunities. And I just, want, I just want us to understand, man, where you at is where you should be at. Just work, operate in your, your own greatness, man. No matter if no one ever hears about you, you are great. And, uh, and when, I, when I cut... Bob Johnson, who had yep. became a mentor yep. of mine. I mean, it was the, he was like one of the great ones because the type of nuggets he was dropping on me. For it sure. was like the, the conversations that I had with this guy was, and I still have with him. Two parts of that question. Um, how do these guys get on your radar? So like a Dave Chappelle comes to town, a right. Nas come to town, right. they're like, yo, like, is it, how does that network work and where it's like, I know a barber? It's like, and, and it's, I can't think of all the quotes that I have, but what I learned, man, if you become the very, very best at what you do, your name is going to be mentioned. Mm. So when, when people would come to Charlotte, our name was mentioned. And then they have to choose. Like, I'm, I'm not saying we were the only ones, yeah. but our names were mentioned. Maybe they looked us up and say, yo, I like those guys. I mean, you know, I've cut Cam Newton. I cut all, some of all the Hornets. Yep. And, and most of them heard about us. And your name, you know, I think the word said, you know, your name goes before you. Absolutely. You know, and people hear about you. And, you know, and they learn about your characteristics, your, your, your mannerisms. Are you professional? Are you timely? And that's the type of, those are the things, man. Because sometimes these people are inviting you to their house. Mm -hmm. You go into these places where it's very, uh, you know, secure. And they have to trust something about you. So, man, it's really your name get before. I mean, I would have people call me on my cell. And I don't even know how they got my cell. Wow. Like, how you get myself? I don't even ask the question, because yeah. if you got to ask those questions, then you don't understand. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, they call you up, and either you're available or you're not. It's right. like, oh, this, oh, Nas? Oh, what time? And you don't yeah, even yeah, ask yeah, no yeah, questions. Yeah. Like, what time? Where, right where now, you at? 2 in the morning. Right now, I'll see you then. 
That's dope, man. Yeah. That's dope. Um, Damien, thank you. Uh, please shout out how they can get in touch with yeah. you, um, the website, the Instagram handle, all that they need to cut, like what they need to do. Yeah, just go to www.nogrease.com. Uh, you can get all our information, whether it be uh, the locations, uh, the franchise information, uh, you know, uh, you know everything. Everything is on our, our website. Uh, man, just look forward to seeing us in a, in a city near you. Absolutely, man. Thank you for your time. And this is uh, episode seven of Keep the Money on the Floor podcast. And we out. <laughs>